Guess who's back? Guess, Guess who's, who's back? back? Back again. Back again. JR's back. JR's back. Tell a friend. Holy <laughs> shit, I see a picture yesterday of you and Johnny Drama. The best. One of the best shows ever. And I was with Mark Wahlberg uh, a month ago. So it was it's like been the uh, the entourage like kind of reunion. You think they'll ever bring that show back? They have to. They they have oh to. They have God, to bring it, it back. It was so good. It was just so good. I mean, I couldn't. It, it it sucked when you reached the last episode and you had to wait a week for the next one to come out. You know, I know there's a few shows like that, but what a just a brilliant idea. And Mark Wahlberg is a genius. I mean, he's a genius in anything he touches. It's just pretty incredible to watch. But but Johnny Drama, you know, Kevin Dillon's an amazing guy, great friend, and um, you know, he tried my whiskey the other day, and he's like, bro. Drama approved. This is awesome. <laughs> well, tell us about how's the whiskey thing going. I mean, like, how was your summer? Right. We got to catch up. But that's when we left you last. That was kind of the big thing that was going on for you was the whiskey was being released. And it. I saw a video yeah. of you talking about it. It sounds like and looks like things are are going really well and everything looks top notch. Yeah. You know, um, you know, everybody wants uh, a great launch, right? Everybody wants your wants your idea or your business or you know your product to be a successful one. And um, you know, this was two and a half years in the making. We started this January of twenty, right, right when the pandemic started. So it's been a lot of monotonous and grueling time and 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 worry because you know you're trying to trying to create something that you want everybody to love, right? You, I mean, you really want to make an impact with something that you create. And we launched it three months ago and we only did it online. So you can't buy it anywhere online uh, for right now. We're talking with a couple um, national distributors and actually just, just got a Canadian distributor last week that we're, that we're going to go through Canada probably before Thanksgiving. You got to have um, that stuff. That stuff will go like hotcakes up in the Muskoka. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait. You know the Canadians; they they know their whiskey. There's no question. Well, what we do they do know more? Canadian hey, we what do, do know Canadians what know more, Jr. Do they know whiskey or do they know the wild? Uh, they know whiskey, they know wild, and they know their hockey, and they can kind of get it all with with me. So that's, <laughs> that's the best way to do it. But we but we've been we've been crushing it. We're uh, we're we're online. You can go to Whiskey Wild Co. on the, uh, Google it. Go to my website and. We've had one of the best launches that uh, that our site has seen uh, with any new brand um, so far, and you know we've we've just been we've been killing it. We've been getting so many great reviews, and uh, I haven't I haven't found anybody that has disliked it. I mean, there's some you get a couple that are like, "Oh, that's good, that's good," but most of the time it's holy shit, man! Like, yeah. what am I what am I drinking? So. Um, we're, we're very, very happy with the launch. So knock on wood keeps going. Well, good for you, man. What, what else were you doing this summer? What else did you have going on? You know, this has been the, the probably the craziest, um, you know, event year for me, you know, cause with the end of the pandemic and everybody trying to get their organizations going again, charity events, golf tournaments, um, speaking engagements, just a lot of a lot of places going to raise money for you know different causes, uh, whether it be a, uh, a foundation, uh, whether it be a charity, whether it be cancer, whether it be uh, Alzheimer's, or whether it's just you know going to try to raise money for the local hockey association. I mean, it's been, it's been a very very busy summer for me traveling all over the country um, for you know for for hockey reasons for you know my 
my brand reasons. And I, I think that's great because people are, are really happy to be out enjoying life again after being two years of cooped up and controlled by, by our governments. Well, well, good for you. Glad summer was was fast and and, and safe for you. But uh, I, I missed the I missed the fuck out of you two, though. I do got to say, I got to tell you, one say. of the most flattering text messages I received this summer, Jeremy, was was when <laughs> I said this to Craig. I thought it was hilarious. You just you messaged me out of the blue, and you're like, "Hey, did I get did I get fired from the podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> that's the th- we we you know what jr you it's like wanted to do is give everybody a needs a break right yeah and yeah. and it, that's the last thing you want to come on here and like talk about nothing because at those times there's nothing to talk about right so yeah yeah thought it best well, just for everybody yeah. to have a break but listen i mean we've been talking about you for like how long now pd it's been it's been a couple hours yeah yeah right yeah, yeah right. It's perfect it's perfect we can't and wait to way, get going and by the way, you should. I mean, look at look at the success that the show's had. I mean, you guys hit a million downloads. I mean, come on now, seriously that that is that's no joke. That is no joke of uh, of a successful podcast right there. So, you know, you guys have found a niche and found something, and people really really enjoy watching you guys. So, I'm just glad to be a part of it, man. And let's hit two million as fast as we can. Well, we have, I'll say this kind of tentatively, and we'll give you a little more information off the air, but we got some stuff brewing on the back burner here and it's, you know, just off to the side and, and, uh, something I think you might want to maybe once or twice sink your teeth into. So we'll, we'll, we'll tell you about that. That's a little tease for our audience and what we're going to be doing, but, um, no question. You'd be a great fit for that too, in some ways, but you said you were doing some fundraising. And did you do any fundraising for the Arizona Coyotes to get them out, get them out of that college rink? Because the word on the street is the boys in Arizona are not happy with the setup setup right now with the Coyotes. Uh, do you think? Um, That's exactly I mean, what Rib said. Do you think? I mean, you work your ass off to become a professional hockey player, and you play in an amateur rink, right? I mean, it's just it's just embarrassing. It really is embarrassing, and. You know, you know their their arena that they're playing in. They have to build a separate locker room for them, separated from the college. I mean, you, the players can't even talk to a college player. I mean, for NCAA rules, so it's like don't talk to any of the ASU hockey players. You have to walk outside the re, the arena to get to the locker room, and then back outside and inside. I mean, you want to. <laughs> How is this acceptable, Jr. in in the NHL nowadays? How is this acceptable? Like I don't you understand. You can't, you, you can't tell me that that there's 31 other owners that went. Are you fucking shitting me right now? We have to do this again. We have to pick up Arizona's tab again. You know they are because they're going to lose so much money this year because of the. The decisions that they've made. Is there a um, team that has lost more money than Arizona Coyotes in the last fifteen years? No, no, not even close. So why why are they still? And there's not and, and there's not there's not a team that has needed the handouts and that the that the NHL as a whole has had to carry. Now, somebody has to take accountability for that. Now, does. Does Batman take accountability for allowing the owner who who has come in and has kind of um, hurt 
the Coyotes' uh, reputation even more by not paying the bills to stay in the Glendale Arena and has forced them out into a place where they haven't been able to negotiate a new arena deal to get something someplace else. And now is subjected to playing in a college rink with 5,000 people. And not only that, but raising the ticket prices for that. I, you know, there's times when I, I sit there and I say, you know, why hasn't the Coyotes reached out for me for help? To help within the organization, to help with the players, to help with, you know, building of the of the, the player talent, um, maybe giving my opinion on certain things because I lived there for 25 years, but never once did they reach out to try to see if I would be interested in coming to work for them. And what is the reason but for there, that? But but there's part of me. I'll, I'll give. I'll tell you in a second. But there's part of me that sits there and says, "Thank fucking God that they didn't," <laughs> because. I don't want to be a part. Of, I don't want to be a part of, of of the circus that's going on in Arizona right now. They they have to be embarrassed. There's no way that they can't be embarrassed of going into a college facility that has five thousand people and you're an NHL professional program. There's no way. And I love Coyotes as much as anybody. Trust me, that they're a huge part of my heart. That's why it disappoints me so much. But um, and to answer your question, why I don't think they did. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people in power there that don't like to have um, that like their job security that probably think if I came in that I would try to run everything that I try to kind of overpower everybody or maybe try to move up the the, the ranks and take over certain positions. But um, that <laughs> that's so far from the truth. It's just it's it's probably ridiculous. the same reason why the Miami Police Department didn't bring in. Ace Ventura to help with their investigation because they he'd point out all the mistakes they were making. <laughs> Went in search for Ray Finkel. Um, well, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because I, I look at the Arizona Coyotes and I think, you know, this is probably Batman's biggest failure as commissioner of the league has been taking a team out of Canada, which has now gone back into Canada with another franchise in the U S that didn't work in Atlanta and putting it in Arizona in the desert where people were skeptical about that to begin with. Now, granted the game has grown. You have Austin Matthews from Arizona and I get that. And I understand the arena was a mistake, but the league continuing to always bailed this franchise out of its troubles without just moving it to another market is, is beyond me. I mean, how many expansion well, teams have we had in a couple of years where yeah. you, instead of bringing in expansion teams that are going to offset the cost with their franchise fees, one was 500 million and one was 600 million, take the Arizona coyotes and put them in Vegas or put, put them in Seattle. And like, I don't understand why you have to get bigger before you better like they grew and their league still wasn't healthy i mean there are probably six yeah. or seven teams that are anchors i don't understand why to, they're, to they're the still HRR. in there though you have cities like quebec like the city quebec city who held a team for years is a canadian market they would fill that building every single night just like the montreal canadians do i don't understand why the coyotes are still are still relevant why they're still in the league they lose probably around what 50 million dollars a year it's like why are they still in the league you have cities like hartford houston milwaukee 
Hamilton, Ontario, Salt Lake, Portland, San Diego, Kansas City, Diego, Kansas City, Kansas City. Why? Why? I don't understand why this team is is in this situation, and they think the the league thinks it's okay to put them in in a well, building, number one, number a D one building that yeah. holds what five thousand people. It is unbelievable. Well, I think number one, um, uh, one thing that Gary will does not want to have is failure. I mean, to him. Well, he won't admit to it, but he has it in certain spots. Like, there's one thing to yeah, admit yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, but, you're, you're, but, you, but again, you're gonna you're you're gonna get have every excuse in the book. Now, listen, this team has made every mistake possible since 2001. Okay, since 2001, it has made every mistake that you can possibly do. Number one, letting certain players go. Number two, moving and building an arena out in Glendale because the owner owned the property out there when there was nothing out there. And it was the just, band it was desert. There. It was literally desert. It was nothing. It was a pig farm. It was a pig farm. And by the way, everybody that, that moved out there to Glendale were transplants from parts of California that typically aren't big hockey fans in general. All the hockey fans are in Scottsdale. Now, shame on Scottsdale and shame on, on the board of Scottsdale for not allowing the the building to be built in the late 90s in the center of scottsdale shame on all those people that were on the board for the arizona town board to d- decline that permit but i didn't I, I don't know how much the, the national hockey league has stepped in to try to convince or at least fund something in scottsdale to get a building passed in the scottsdale area because that's where all the that's where all the snowbirds come. That's where all Minnesota people come. That's where all the people from Chicago, from Vancouver, from Calgary, from all over the place that come down to to Arizona, they come to Scottsdale, Glendale, Chandler, those Mesa. That is the that's the hockey mecca. And the fact that these people haven't been able to convince somebody to build an arena right there when they're building everything else all around it, right? is is beyond me and whether the national hockey league got in to try to help that process i don't know but the the national hockey league is not going to take a loss there it is all about money and if you lose a team like the arizona coyotes and they have to move someplace else you know what all of a sudden that team that is worth 600 million dollars maybe 700 now in a franchise fee is getting diminished now because of the failure that the team has made in that city I don't care what you say. That team's that's worth. A, that's a great point, though. Like, if 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 you just move, just just move from or shut down Arizona, and start up. It. That's that's okay. No, but you lose you lose an expansion franchise. You lose six hundred million dollars yeah. of an expansion franchise. Somewhere. And that and that's why they chose to leave them there, let them rot, and have two new teams come in when the league wasn't even ready to expand yet. Like, I mean, it's it's the league in, in my opinion, but why well, can't they just eliminate I'll, I'll, Arizona? I'll, I'll, disagree. I'll, I'll disagree with that. I'll disagree with that. I think the league can expand because I think there's a lot, there's enough players. And I think where they expanded to, we have shown can support those teams. Seattle can support that team. And everybody was questioning Vegas. And we know that Vegas can support that team. So when you have a, when you have a, a 16 to 15 East coast to West coast, um, um, basis. You need to have a 16, yeah. 16. It's a, but you, there yeah, they, had, they definitely had to balance the, the, but I'll the tell you what, but I'll tell you what, that Arizona team should be in Houston. 
Okay. It should be in Houston or you think Houston, you City. think Houston could hold support a team in terms of fan base? Well, who, um, for Tita's, I know the Fertitas want a hockey team in, in, in Houston. I mean, they're, they're, they're huge hockey fans. And I know they have a huge, uh, a huge contingency in Houston. Um, what about, what about going back to Hartford, Connecticut, like the Hartford whalers? I mean, why did they move from, from, well, you got to remember, you got to remember like with. these markets, well, like, wait, Quebec, but, the, the, the advertising dollars, the big sponsorship dollars aren't, aren't necessarily okay, but we, there. But remember what happened. Remember what happened in Quebec. What do you mean? Okay. Remember what some happened of the, in Quebec. Some of the highest revenue teams in the league are teams from Canada. It's corporate well, sponsorship, and, I think. But go ahead, Jay. What were you going to yeah, say? But, 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 but remember what happened in Quebec, okay? Everybody wanted a team in Quebec. Quebec wanted a team. The fans of Quebec wanted a team. It was, and the, they were trying to get a team through the National Hockey League through Gary Bettman. And Gary Bettman was, was, was not having it. So you know what they did? They tried to backdoor their way in to get in a better situation, have a team. So you know what they did? They built a brand new state-of-the-art huge arena, right? And said, here we, we built an arena, now we want a team. And you know what? That pissed Gary off. That pissed Gary off that they were trying to manipulate the the, the system on what was decided on how, what teams go in, what expansion teams get awarded a team. And that one thing you don't do is you don't try to go behind Gary's back and try to do something the non-historical um, way that he likes things done. So so the, those people that built that arena that said we want a team, piss Gary off. So you know what's going to happen? They're not going to get a team because he's not going to give in to that. It's just which, I don't, which I don't works. understand because getting a, an arena is almost the entire battle. Look at, look at Arizona. Like that team is, is faltering because they couldn't get a rink in the right spot. Yet you have a market in Canada, which by the way, seven Canadian teams make up for more than 50% of the hockey's entire HRR hockey related revenue. So why you couldn't put a team in there? They had the rank. It's almost like that's such a, a, a backwards way of thinking, you know, oh, and it's and called, it's he called, been, he should have been happy with the fact that it's Quebec called, went and built a rink. It's called E G O. Oh, ego. That's not real. Yeah. People, <laughs> people in the national hockey league don't have egos. Do no, they? there's no egos in pro sports amongst these rich guys. Um, speaking of egos and rich guys, how about Nate McKinnon? I mean, he seems like a pretty level-headed guy, but there's got to be an ego there knowing that he's making wow. more than Connor McDavid. Wow. I don't know who's happier, McDavid or McKinnon. Oh, that's right? interesting. I've never looked at it that way. Why do you say that? Because when McKinnon's time is up, he's... he's How many gonna, more years does McDavid have? I think four, three. Three? But who's to say that that McDavid can't go to Edmonton and said, listen, I'm dealing with this bullshit around here for a couple for a lot of years. I'm putting up numbers. You know, the team's getting better. I'm not the highest paid player in the game anymore. When I am the best player in the game, you know, I think we need to we need to do a little renegotiating. Let's go. And I Is think he the best any, player in the I, game or I think or... I think I think there's if there's anybody that can do it in the National Hockey League, it's Connor McDavid can go into his contract and say, uh, no, guys, I, I put up with more shit than anybody in this league. 
you're telling me that you think Connor McDavid is going to go in to renegotiate a contract? I said, if anybody can do it, he can do it. I Has say it ever will. happened in the history of the NHL? They can't. Uh, I don't think it can under the current CBA. They can only yeah. renegotiate on, on the last year. But I think what JR is saying is if there's one player that could go in and raise hell and ask for more, it would be McDavid, but but, he, but but his next but his next but his next payday is going to be it's going to be monumental. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable to see how much he makes. And the other guy that I think about too, and is, by the way, by, is, by, by, by the way, by the way, good for McKinnon. That's what happens when you win championships. That's what happens when you're known as probably the second best player in the game and you win a championship. All of a sudden, you can be the well, highest. McKinnon is the, the second. Game. Is McDavid the third? Because there's no question, right. Jeremy Roenick, that Kale McCarr is without question the best hockey player in the <laughs> NHL. He's better than McDavid. Well, He's better no, than McKinnon. Stop. No, no, no. This now, is how now, this is where Andrew just hey, listens, JR. Drinking, don't don't fall for again? it. Did you start drinking again? There, <laughs> did you start drinking again after our little break here? Yeah. Jesus. I'm shit faced right now. I'm shit faced. Oh, no, listen, God. I'm serious, man. Like, no, you're not. No. Okay. No, you're not serious. No, you're okay. Not. No, you're not. I'm not no, the only just, one that feels that you, way, gentlemen. Like you're, I, I'm not. Yeah, taking... You're just giving people. You're just giving people a reason to look at the at their computer or their camera or their phone and go, what "The fuck did he just say?" <laughs> and I'm okay what? with that too. I'm all right with raising some eyebrows. Who would you by rather way, have? By the way, by the way, Kale McCarr is is the best defenseman in the game, uh, bar none. I think him and Hedman are the best defenseman in the game, followed by Yossi, uh, then probably Fox. Connor McDavid is the the best player I think and most talented to ever be on two blades to do the things that he does. I just I I believe that and I will I will, I will say that till somebody shows me something better. But who would you rather have on your team today right now? Connor McDavid or Nate McKinnon? Uh, I would take Connor McDavid to tell the truth. I would I think, uh, you know, I think you have longevity more with him. Uh, Now tell me the the truth. Who would you rather have? I'd rather have Connor McDavid. I I love love Nate McKinnon. I think Nate McKinnon is the second best player in in the world. I think he's fierce. I think his ferocity is is over, definitely overmatches uh, McDavid's. But in a, in, if I take every single category and I want longevity, I think Connor McDavid will have more longevity and has and hits more of my buttons than than McKinnon. Craig, you're laughing over there because it's you're such a joke, man. I mean, you press the buttons. They're so this conversation is. So How are they not legitimate stupid. questions? You have a guy that literally is making more than arguably the greatest player ever to play Listen, on two Connor plates. McDavid is Jeremy just but the that highest, happens. He's but been that the happens. highest paid player for years. And you know what? This is what you want. You want, you want, uh, you know, Nate McKinnon to come in and make a hundred thousand dollars more than Connor McDavid, because Connor McDavid on his next contract is going to literally set a standard that is going to be absolutely through the roof. It's going to be, don't you think that contract was negotiated with intent for him to intentionally be making a hundred grand more than Connor McDavid for at least three years? Like it's exact. His contract is exactly double what he's making now. He's been underpaid at six point three. Now he's getting twelve point six. So they just yeah, doubled he deserves, it. And he deserves. He deserves every single penny of it. And by the way, look at basketball. Okay, 
I mean, you, you, you have you have Dumbo LeBron James who just signed a new contract, but he wasn't the most the highest paid player in, in the NBA. I mean, you had Harding Harden making fifty at one point. And he's like probably what the fifth or sixth best player in the in the NBA if you ask a lot of people. But that's what happens. It's it's when you get your money, when you get your time. And by the way, when when McDavid gets his time again. McKinnon's not going to be being the highest paid player anymore. I think Giannis no is getting 50 now too. He signed a five-year extension, I think last year for a quarter billion. That's it. You know who's licking his chops over the Nate McKinnon deal? There's one player in the league that's sitting there going, Ooh, who is it? Mr. Wow. Arizona boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two years yeah. away. Oh, yeah. 60 yeah, goals, right. heart trophy. This guy's going, wow. Yeah. 12.6 Austin. for, for, for and he has how many more years in Toronto? Two? Two. He can sign Two. an extension after next season. It will be, I think, I think Austin Matthews will set the, I mean, mother load of standard when it comes to signing a contract. I think he is going to be in a situation where Toronto is going to have to pay him what he wants, or there's going to be a lineup that's going to go out for Austin Matthews. There, there also has to be a, a new standard of creativity. I think when you're going to sign Austin Matthews, because he's in, gonna, in what he's sense, gonna, like he's going to get part I of the team. Think, <laughs> I, I, like I'm telling you right now, they're, they're, ha- they're going to have to do something because I think he's going to, he's going to desire a price that is almost on the, that you cannot be sustained by a national hockey league team in terms of the salary cap throughout their system. Right. So, I mean, so you, you're, you're talking about taking a percentage or, or something of the team. There has to be, there, there has to be something that is going to pay him for a extendable future beyond just his contract. Right there. There has to be, because you have to be, you're going to have to be creative, creative to sign a guy of Austin Matthews caliber in the goal score because he is the best goal scorer in the game. He has overtaken Alex Ovechkin as the best goal scorer in the game. No question about it. No question. Maybe not, not all history, time, but, but currently in the league, he's no, the main, the league, main right sniper. All time, right not now. even friggin' close. And well, right now, in the game, in the game today, there's no better goal scorer than Austin Matthews in the game. There's not. So what, what? Let me ask you this: What kind of season does Austin Matthews need to follow his sixty up with? Does he need to have another sixty and sixty for the next no, two it's years? No, fifty. It's just another fifty. He gets fifty. So if he gets it's, a couple it's, it's, fifty goal seasons here, which is very doable for him with how we've seen him mm-hmm. score goals. Yeah. Let's say he scores fifty goals this year, forty nine the next year. What's his contract look like then? Is he going to still be the highest paid it's guy? Got to be fifteen. It's got to be fifteen. Fifteen million dollars. Hundred percent. Fifteen yeah, well, million, Petey. We saying. went over the salary cap. Okay, the salary cap this year is going to be eighty-two-five. The next year it's going to be eighty-three-five. The next year after that, most likely will be eighty-eight, and the year after that, it's going to go as high as ninety-two, maybe more. I mean, the salary is going to go up ten million dollars in the next four years minimum. And 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 Austin, Austin Matthews is going to take a massive, massive share of that. I agree. Is, is I, good, he's, go gonna t- he's gonna take a good chunk. He's gonna take a good chunk of it. But does he take that and stay in Toronto? If Toronto does not win, 
let's just say if they don't win a first round in the next two years, he ain't sticking around there. Does he have to win a first round? What if he doesn't win a cup in two years? Like if they don't win a cup this year or next year, I'm just saying, I'm dude, they can't even win a cup. What are you talking about winning a cup? Why winning a cup? They haven't made they the, they made a, Yeah, they haven't made it by the first round of the playoffs in the well, last that's seven my years. Point is, I think he has How to win years? a cup in order to stay. Seven. Stop. Stop. How many years? Seven. Was it not seven that they lost? No, they haven't made it past the first round in eighteen years. Craig Reve. Oh, I, well, we're talking since they started making the playoffs again. They have, but not yes, been past the first round. They have not won around since I fucking sniped them out of the playoffs in 2004. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, but you were a glitch. You were a glitch in the uh, in the game. Was JR. that was that in like, Sega? Was that in Sega way, 2004? The way, there, JR? Was a, there was a there was a glitch. All right, there was a glitch in Toronto Maple Leaf history hockey. Boom! When I sniped that goal by Eddie Balfour's shoulder, because the glitch became their un inability to win a fucking round. For the last 18 years. How, How's that you, How do you think you that one at, stung Eddie the Eagle, your old teammate, eh? I called it I so and somebody on a and on the one of the NHL sites put on a, a, a question uh on Instagram whether the, the the Toronto Maple Leafs will win around this year. And I, I responded to it. I said, It's the JR Jinx. You're welcome. <laughs> do you so think Toronto they will make JR it by Jinx. the first round this year, JR? Yes, I like do. I mean, yes, they have to, they right? have to, they have to, they have to, there is no, you can't have the debacles and the disappointments and the expectations in Toronto to get as close as they have to winning around and not doing it and not finally getting over the hump. It's just, it, you can't do it again. The, the odds are so much against them to have absolute collapses like they have in the last seven years. Let's go back they, to Matthews they have for had, a second. They, they, they have had the worst collapses of any team in the playoffs for the last seven years. Oh, yeah. That the Montreal close. one in the bubble was – that was by far – that was when Tavares got That was by yeah. far yeah. one of the worst. And then you have Boston. Well, we called it We called it last year. We called it last year in game five. They're, you know, they're up 3-1 against Tampa, and they lose game five at home. What did we say? We came on and said – God, the stars are lining up. They're lining up for another debacle. Yeah, and I was pissed it. about that because I wanted Toronto to win. I did. I want to see I did them. too. I did too. Yeah. I wanted them to win too. I, I did because I know that I know the fans are. I listen. I did. You, passionate fans are passionate fans, man. Are there are there more Toronto? Are there any fans in any sport bigger than the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes. New York Rangers, Chicago. No. I don't know. Montreal. Montreal. What are you talking about? Biggest think, fan base, hockey fan base in the world. By I, I, I don't think so. You oh, get the yeah. people out west. You get the people out oh. west. Calgary, Saskatchewan, Vancouver. They are, you're They're totally wrong, Toronto. man. They're not when going we Montreal. played in Vancouver, when we played in Edmonton and Calgary, literally 75% of the building was Montreal. It was something. Same, same with Toronto. Same Toronto when, when Toronto goes there. The blue on. shirts everywhere. Come on. Blue shirts everywhere. You go down to you go down to Arizona. There's more Toronto blue uh, Maple Leaf shirts than anywhere you found in, in Arizona. I mean, it's 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 sickening. You only need two hundred in there, but 
god. Oh, I, I I gotta go back you to know, Arizona, you know the, to Matthew. Yeah, but you know what's gonna be you know you know it's gonna be embarrassing in Arizona when they have five thousand seats and you're gonna still see seats open. Oh yeah. That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Sure I mean, gonna and, and you know what? Sure It'll probably happen. happen home opener too. That's that's but everybody, the, and you talk and about Austin. The NHL Matthews, will Austin hit Matthews. an all time low in Arizona. That's gonna be the moment when they can't sell out a, a, a fucking tier two rank. That's gonna be a problem. That's going to be a, a, a sore mark for for the NHL. That might be the that might be the only way you can get an Austin Matthews to go to Arizona is to pay him twenty a year. Ah, uh, now we're talking. No, no, no. I don't agree with that. I think if you make him the highest paid guy and 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 tinker around with how you're going to pay him long long term, I think Austin Matthews could be a monster, monster, monster pickup for a team like Arizona. You don't think the timing and the building of their rank and everything is based around his free agency? They're talking about it being built in 2024. That's when he's a free agent. Yes. Like like this is the stars are lining up. Like Gary Bettman, if he's sitting there, he is saying, "Okay, I may have rigged a few drafts in my day, but I need to make this happen." Like I know I put Crosby with, you know, Mario, and I know that I put Connor McDavid in Edmonton because Rogers just signed that massive, massive, massive TV deal with Canada, and they built that that rink out there. And if I don't put McDavid there, and I put him in Arizona, and or, or Buffalo, well then I'm I'm screwing Canada. So I'm going to put McDavid in Canada, and you can't tell me that an Arizona kid being the face of the Leafs. It's not wrong. It's just weird. And now you can have an Arizona kid who happens to be the best player in the league be the face of the yeah. But you got to take into in NHL history when it comes to revenue and and fan you base. You want to be the highest but, but paid gotta, guy but, in the league playing in Toronto? All those uh, the media, no, everything. But you got to. No. You guys are forget. You guys are forgetting one thing. You guys are forgetting one thing. Austin Matthews and his and his craving to win. Okay. Now he's going to go down as the best, probably the best goal scorer in American history, without question. Uh, he's got a reputation that he's got to uphold as you know, as one, as probably one of the best players on the planet. And now you're going to send him to Arizona, where he doesn't have any support, where he's going to lose, you know, sixty percent of his games that he's in, and whether he will ever win a Stanley Cup, being in Arizona is going to be in question. Do you this, think an Austin Matthews? Do you think an Austin Matthews cares about winning or cares about money? Being playing in well, Toronto. Well, actually, too. you know what? Let's not let's not center that question. I don't think he's going to be in Toronto. Don't center that question around Matthews. Centered around this generation of player, because when you came into the league in 1989 or 88, you you weren't getting paid a million five or two million bucks as a rookie hitting performance bonuses. Maybe you were. I don't know, but. All I know is winning was something that players in that era wanted to do more than make money because there was yeah. a real brotherhood and a bond. And I'm not questioning Austin Matthews, but the the mindset of the players today, it's a business and they are in this to make as much money as possible. So I don't think it matters to players now. Is it cup or contract? They'll take the contract. I believe that. And it's not an indictment on their, on their, uh, heart and love for the game. It's just, I think now with the amount of money that parents are spending, and if these kids can make the money, 
then go and grab the cash and worry about winning later. I, I don't I don't disagree with you, Petey. I don't disagree with you, but I think there are certain players that 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 old tradition and that old mentality still rings true within their brain. You know who and those think, players are, though, Jeremy. And I, and I, you know who they think, are. They're the guys that are already going to get paid anyway. Like Matthews knows he's going to get paid, so he but can. That's, but that's what I mean. But that's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. He, he's he's got he's so listen when I when when I was a free agent for the first time in two thousand one. Okay, the first time. Now back then the free agency rules were fucking stupid. You couldn't be a free agent until you're thirty one, and like ten, what, how many years in the league? It didn't didn't matter. Thirty one, then you're a free agent. Which is this? Whoever whoever put up that idea was stupid. But anyway, I wasn't free agent, total free agent, unrestricted till I was thirty one years old. Boston Bruins offered me way more money than the Flyers in Detroit did. Um, I took less money to go to Philly because of the team that they had. Boston had just gotten rid of Billy Guerin and a couple other players. Said, "How are you going to go win a Stanley Cup if you give away players like Guerin, who are the integral parts of a team?" to win. So I didn't go for the money. I went for the place that had the best chance to try to win a Stanley cup. And that was to me at the time was Philly. Although Detroit won the cup that year because they got Hasek. But, you know, I I'd like to think that there are still some players that hold that, that uh, tradition of, of wanting to win a Stanley cup as high, if not higher than, than the money that they're going to make. Cause they are going to make a lot of money no matter what. I don't know. This no, no, you know, no, it's an interesting conversation because a lot of people are already starting to talk about Matthews in Toronto and oh, he's already answering the questions. I love it here. I want to be a leaf. I want to be a leaf. Of course. What else is he going to say? Exactly. What else is he going to say? 100%. Exactly. Exactly. You know what it comes in? But we all we all drop comes... to our knees for those comments like, "Oh, he wants to be a leaf." <laughs> you know, it, it, it's 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 interesting when you look at Austin Matthews. I was looking up uh you know, because I'm I'm a little irritated with Jr. because he's like, oh, he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Blah blah blah. No, I didn't say that. I said I did not say that. Uh, that's what don't I remember. Put, Just, don't put words in my mouth. Hey, I hey, this is my life right now, Jr. He, he is has, the Sultan of Spin. I know, he's he is selective hearing. He's selective hearing. Let's so get listen. this straight, Riff. No, no, no let's get this straight. Let's get this straight. I said he has overtaken Alex Ovechkin as the best goal scorer in the game right now. Okay. Alex Ovechkin is to me the best goal scorer that I've ever seen in in history. And, okay. Okay. But so this is where I'm going with this. In six years in the league, and at the age of 25, Austin Matthews has 400 and seven games played, and he has 259 goals. If you take the pace in which he's scoring and the games. At 1,221 games played, which is the which is 12 more years, Austin Matthews is going to have 777 goals. That's more than age, Ovi, because Ovi's at, at 780 age, and at 1,274. At the age of 30, uh, 37 years old. So at 37 years old, if he stays on the pace, stays healthy enough, he's going to be 777 games at 1,221 goals. Ovi right now. Goals in 1,200. Was, yeah, he's dyslexic. The, 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 the dyslexia just came into his, into his brain. At Go 700, ahead. he's going to, at 1,221 games, at 37 years old, he's going to have 777 goals. Ovi right now, at the age of 36, 
has 1,274 games played and 780 goals. My question to you, JR, is Austin Matthews in, in a situation where he could possibly break Wayne Gretzky's record? Yes. You mean Alex Ovechkin's record? Is it's going to be over? No, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. There is a no, lot. I disagree with you. 115 with you. goals to go. And I'm going to tell you. I would much rather be in Austin Matthews' position at his age of trying to break the record than Alex Ovechkin at his age trying to break the record. There's no question. I mean, the consistency has to be the consistency has to be there for Austin Matthews, but you know that those are big those are big numbers to to keep up for next ten years, right? But twelve years, whatever the case, you, you, you all your math that you just you're you're I can see the steam coming out of your ears right now, but adding up those numbers. But he, he's that he definitely could be that player that can do it. I don't yeah. think I think he's the I think he's the only player that can do it and as good as Connor mcdavid is he doesn't have a chance of breaking that record no not at all not at all no um another player we got to talk about making massive cash and and uh blackhawk by the way is patrick kane's name's been brought up a lot these days jr curious to know what you might know about what he's gonna do and what the hawks are gonna do with him because it does look like a very promising year for for the Hawks, and he's on the last year of his deal. He's going to be a UFA. He'll be a Buffalo Saber next year, but this year they're going to have. They to might figure. be. They 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 possibly they have the they have the capabilities of being the worst team in the league this year, possibly. which is exactly what they want. I mean, Connor Bedard. It is, could be. Yeah, getting that getting Bedard would be massive for Chicago. And by the way, that's what happened in two thousand four, two thousand five. You know, they got rid of me. They got rid of Chelly. They got rid of Tony Amante. They got rid of Eddie Belfour. And all of a sudden, they were terrible. And through the 2001, 2002, 2003, they were last place team in the league. They were awful. In comes first round pick, Jonathan Taves. Number one pick. Their number one pick. Uh, what was he? Number three overall. High pick. All of a sudden, they win the draft lottery the next year. Get Patrick Kane, number one. Yep. And all of a sudden, the trajectory changes. They could be in that same rebuild right now to where the draft gets them back to where they want but it's not it's 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 another six or seven years before that happens and now that you piss patrick kane off by trading a 24 year old 40 goal scorer and alex Brinkett, which has shocked everybody in chicago including patrick kane because those two were like joined at the hip you know patrick always says if the Brinkett goes i'm going the brink like if patrick goes i'm going so now you pissed off your best best player what do you do? What happened? Well, this at this stage of the franchise, last year of his deal, ship him out. I heard. I heard. I mean, I, 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 this is this is rumor. Uh, I'm not. Don't don't say that I said he did this. But I I heard that he asked a few people, "How do I get out of here? Like, how do I how do I get out of here without tainting my name? Right? How do I get traded?" Without making me look like could a bad anybody guy in here. Chicago blame Patrick Kane for wanting out? Like, is that you know the Chicago market better than anybody? What happens? Why can't why can't Patrick Kane and the fan base just part ways and say, "Yeah, this guy gave us everything he had. He's going yeah, to become I, I the know. greatest goal scorer in franchise history over 
your captain there. Uh, what was the guy? Stan Makita. And I, I have, I have, I have, I have big personal uh, feelings about this one because I always thought what my career would be like if I would have stayed in Chicago my entire career. And I've liked, I've loved the fact that Patrick Kane has been a Chicago Blackhawk his whole career. Now, listen, if he wants to leave because he wants to win the Stanley Cup, that's a different story. He's won three. Now, there's only one, only one thing would be, would have been really bothersome for me if I was Patrick Kane, and that's trading away the one guy that helped me keep my, let my, my playing status level up, who is Alex Zabrinkit. Who's Patrick going to play with next year? Who, who's going to help Patrick Kane keep up the lofty numbers that he is expected to put up, making the money that he is making? Like, I know Patrick Kane is, is talented. Like, he'll, he'll make everybody around him better. But Alex Debrinkit also made Patrick Kane more points and better. Now he's gone. You've literally taken my, my, golden, my golden partner away from me and pretty much throwing me to wolves. Now I have to. Yeah, but Kane to, was dominating I, the league well before Debrinkit got there. Yeah, but he had Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves ain't the player he is anymore. Yeah, but you got to realize he had, he had Patrick Petey. Sharp. He had he had Panarin. I mean, look at the guys that they had exactly. that he had with them. Yeah, he. You know who he has with him now? Nobody. So Nobody. how long? How long before he's moved out of there? Because he will be moved out of there. Is it gonna? Is it gonna I, go right until what? What is it? February is the deadline. Is it? Are they gonna wait all the way to February? You know, I this this is gonna be. I'm. I'm this is gonna sound so like so bad for me to say this because it, it's a little selfishness. But if I was Patrick, um, he he has he's he has the the the, the he has the control to stay in one city his whole career and be probably arguably the top three biggest names in the history of sports in Chicago. And he could stay in Chicago and be, and, and live his life to the fullest being the biggest superstar ever. Okay. And he's won three cups. He's made all the money. You know, the Chicago Blackhawk fans are really, really loyal, but they also hold grudges. They do. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that hold grudges against me because they think it's my fault that I got traded out of Chicago, which might be partly true, but, um, I, I, uh, I roomed, I roomed once with, uh, Bob Goodenow's kid at a prospect tournament back in 1995 or 96, 96, I think it was. And I remember we were talking about hockey and his dad being the GM and, and the coaches, uh, Hartsburg's kid was there too. Uh, Craig Hartsburg's son. And we were all in the same room and, I remember the two of them were just talking about the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks, and Chelios's name was coming up because I think he was in Chicago at the time, and he, they they were talking about how that city would riot if they got rid of Chris Chelios, right? And you're right. I mean, that's the only that was a lasting memory of mine about Chicago fans is how much they love they fall in love with their players, and then if the management gets rid of them. They'll want to kill the management, and if the player wants to leave, they'll want to kill the player. Well, it happened to Chelly. It happened to Chelly. Like Chelly's yeah. the biggest. Chelly's the biggest hockey athlete in in Chicago. Okay, but there is a big contingency of, of fans in Chicago that hold contempt to Chelly for going to play for Detroit. I mean that that's one team that you don't want to go to. 
if you're um, if you're like the star of the team, you don't go to Detroit Red Wings. And Chelly did, but he's come back and and he's you know, but he is a Chicago born kid. So he, I think that saved his his legacy in Chicago, even though going to Detroit. You know how many people hated when he came in wearing twenty four for Detroit? I mean, it was it was rampant. Yeah. But he's he's been able to sustain that because he is a Chicago kid. Patrick Kane won't be able to sustain that if he decides he wants to leave and he and he and he demands a trade. There's going to be so a lot of people. What does he have to do? He has to ride out the storm through a rebuild and be kind of that pivotal piece of the team. Or hold on for a second. How, how old is Patrick Kane now? 35? 33. 33. Okay, it's a long time to ride it out. But if they're going to be turning thirty, he'll be turning thirty-four in November, November nineteenth. So if he, if if he does have a year, I think he should stick this year out and see if he if he they do get that number one pick next year. Patrick Kane's all of a sudden his 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 reasoning for being in Chicago amplifies and stays because now he's got to teach uh, you know the next next phenom how to become a superstar, and that becomes the, a, another inner battle for him. Well, hold on. So when you're talking about Chicago with Patrick Kane. You're talking about taking one of the greatest players in the league in the last 15, 15 years. And now he's going to basically ride off into the sunset and his career's done because the next five years of his career is going to be absolutely abysmal. My thought in my head is he's always going to be one of the greatest Blackhawk players to ever play the game. And if he leaves this team, just saying, and comes to a team like Buffalo, just as an example, and he helps an insanely high-end group of young talent develop into winners and helps in the next five years, Buffalo win a Stanley Cup, he will be known, he'll, his legacy, his legacy in Chicago will not even matter. I don't know about that. Well, wow. listen, Petey, I he that. is going to be a legend for years to come in Chicago. Okay. Generations. He will be known. But if he comes to another team, we're talking about a guy who's won three Stanley Cups. We're talking about a guy who's lived in Chicago and he's a, he's a staple there. But what if he came to a different organization and helped that organization win the ultimate prize? Because now your legacy becomes something so much more. That's just my, well, I my impression. I, listen, I, 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 and it's, you know, that's, it's very good points. And, and trust me, if the rumor that I heard, what I told you guys earlier is true, he's battling that same dilemma in his own brain, right? Cause that's a very, very tough dilemma to be in when you're, you're adored as much as Patrick Kane is in Chicago. I mean, that is a very difficult decision. Do you part ways because the team has gone the way that it has and you try to build another team? So you're right? telling me he's that also, in no, in he's no also way, adored in Buffalo. In no way, you're telling me that in no way the fans could be like, man, thanks for your time here. Like where the team is oh, gone, right, it's time to right just... Now, right, now he has, right now he has 100%, 100% of every Chicago Blackhawk fan in that city. 100%. You can't, you will not go around Chicago and ask a hockey fan if they like, if they dislike Patrick Kane, because not one of them will say it. Not one. If he leaves, 
Are we talking that burning jerseys here and stuff like like LeBron James type shit, where like people were throwing the jerseys some in the people, fire? Some 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 people will. Really? Some people will. Man. For sure. For Man. sure. Well, which is which is which which is which is why if Patrick Kane wanted a trade, he did not make it. Did not make it public. And I don't know if he did or not. I just and you know rumblings. that the Hawks want that. So he just rides out the season, and then he, you know, he he goes into free agency. That no, no harm, no foul. Kind of a, you know, as long as he doesn't try to sign for more money than what he's making. If he takes less money and he goes somewhere else and wants to try to compete for a cup, you can't blame him for that, right? But I think it would go over a lot better than asking for a trade. That's for shit, sure. Yeah. Let's because, talk about asking ask, asking for a trade will go over like a fart in church in Chicago. Well, what if it's a silent fart? And no one hears it. They'll smell it, and it'll get you to be just as bad. Do you think that? Do you think that like a big shining light from the heavens comes down on the person in the in the pew? Did I ever tell you about my? Did I ever tell you about my story that that I had in first class? I was flying from San Diego to New York to do uh do a show for some for some other network, and um, so I'm in, I'm in first class and I'm sitting in the seat the third row against the window. And the plane just took off, right? We're, we got West Coast to East Coast. It's about a five-hour flight. And all of a sudden, this, this haze of aroma takes over first class, right? And everybody's like, oh, God. Oh, oh God. And the guy in the first seat in first class, he must have been maybe late 50s, early 60s. He stands up in the middle of the aisle in first class and looks back at everybody else in first class. He goes, no, he didn't. That'll be enough of that. I don't know who did it, but we have five hours together. There's the bathroom. Please get it out there. That'll be enough of that. I'm sure I'm surprised some first class asshole didn't say, or you, for instance, JR say, just take it back to coach. I just started laughing. I started laughing because this guy had the, the, the just the just the balls to stand up and say, "That'll be enough of that, everybody." I thought you were going to say that is amazing. Way, I started laughing. I'm sure everybody thought it was me because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> How I many? Thought you were, I thought that's what you were going to say. He said that he was going to say, um, "That was oh, me." No, that'll be enough of that. Scolding oh. everybody in first class. That's it was funny. hilarious. Well, you know what's hilarious? That our hour is almost up. But before we get out of here, I got to ask you about Matt Barzell's new contract. Have you seen this new contract? Is it? Well, first of all, is it official? It was yes. spec. It was speculation. No, it, it's it's official. What is it? Seven or eight years? Nine point eight years. Nine point one five. But he's he still has a year left on his deal this year. And yeah. he's making um, ten million this year. Now the average for that contract is um, seven. I think. I think he's like, yeah. It was seven million, but it was structured in that three-year deal because he had a bridge deal, right, with the Islanders. Um, it was twenty-one million. The first year was three million. Then it went to uh, seven million. And then ten million, but there was a million dollar bonus in the first year. So, and we said the structure that. of this deal was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant because it put yes. him in a position to be in this spot. But Jr., let me read you these numbers. You tell me if this smells like a nine point one million dollar player. 
<laughs> First year in the league, he won rookie of the year, 82 games, 85 points. Next year, he had 82 games. He had 18 goals, 62 points. Then he played 68 games, had 60 points, 19 goals. Then he played 55 games, had 45 points. Then last year, he played 73 games, had 15 goals and 59 points. What the fuck is this contract? Um, It's the day and age right now. And you know know what that contract is? The Islanders can't afford to lose a Matthew Barzal. They can't. He's the best player on their team. And in order to keep him, they had to overpay him. That's that's the only reason. And I think Matthew Barzell is an awesome hockey player. He's a great hockey player. Is he a $9 million player? No. Is he a $7 million player? Arguably. But his numbers, his numbers are a six, five and a half, six. Okay? But what are the Islanders going to do? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to let up, give up their best player when they've already been getting taken shit from their fan base that they can't, you know, get over the hump. You know, now, now you're, now you're sending the wrong message again to your fan base. So I, I think they had to suck it up because he is their best player and they could not afford to have Matthew Barzell even go near free agency and lose him. Cause he is one of are you he un- is the, are most you unhappy player. with his, the numbers PD? Is that what you're, you're raising an eyebrow? No, I don't get. I, hey, can I be? I'll just let me just be on the record as saying this. I I have no animosity to a player that's overpaid or underpaid. It's uh, you know the old saying in the locker room, fellas, better to be overpaid than underpaid. I have no animosity. And by the way, if some, if, if somebody's going to give it to you, yeah, take right. it. Yeah, take it. I, I'm not sitting here. I don't. I'm I'm not angry with the Islanders or disgusted at how much money he's getting. I'm just saying. Why did he get so much? That's all I'm asking. I'll, I'll because, tell you why. Because right in a now. salary cap era, every million matters right so i look at it and i just think 9.15 like you're, you're not spreading out your money very well lou yet you are and i'm going to tell you why zach parise 38 years old matt martin 33 years old cal clutterbuck 34 years old sezikis 31 years old palmari 31 years old. Josh Bailey, 33. Brock Nelson, 30. Anders Lee, 32. Do you get where I'm going with this? Yeah, they, they got a shit guy. ton of he's, old he's a, he's players a, that, the future. that are. Yep. Yeah. I That's mean, exactly what Jeremy said at the start of it. He said they got to keep young players, keep good young players. They have no other choice. But that's an unfortunate position to be in to overpay sometimes, guys sometimes, $2 million. Hey, but sometimes, But sometimes you have to overpay in order to keep something like that. Because, and again, Look at look at free agency in the near future, right? Some people are going to are going to see that Matthew Barzal's there. It might be a it might be a, another reason for somebody to come there. They have nobody who's going to go. Oh, well, you have Jason Robertson in Dallas, and apparently there's uh, some notes going out around social media today to keep all eyes on Dallas. Kevin Weeks tweeted something out. He normally has quite a bit of stuff, and and he tweeted out all eyes are on Dallas. And I don't know if that's an extension for Jason Robertson or a trade, but Robertson scored 41 goals last year. He had 17 in 51 games as a rookie. What is he going to get? He's going to get, I mean, he's he's going to get the same. He's going to get eight and a half. Oh my God. He could be looking at like 10, 9.5%. He could, he could, but remember again, it's, you know, he's still young. He's got a long time to go. He's 
you know, at some point, at some point, these GMs are going to are going to realize that these contracts that they're signing are coming back to bite them in the ass every single fucking time. Yeah, every time. Well, I'll go over this with you, Jr. This guy's 23 years old. He's proven in two years that he's a point producer. He last year he had uh, 41 goals and 79 points in 74 games. Okay. Um. I look at the contract and what what this player is going to what this player is going to want. And when you look at the young players in today that have signed contracts like the Norris from Toronto or um, from Ottawa, he signed eight million dollars, eight years. And then you have uh, Thomas and Cairo from St. Louis. Both got eight, a little a little tiny bit over eight. Um there's guys that have signed that are in his draft like status, but this kid scored 41 goals, 41 goals. I mean, he's over a point a game. You you would have to think that he's going to be looking at a $9 million plus. Yeah, he very well could be. Very well could be. You know what he has going on his side is he's put the numbers up. So he, he, he has stock in order to, to battle for that. I mean, the national hockey league has set a precedence also in this league of paying people for their potential, i.e. Jack Eichel. Okay. It's a very dangerous press, a very dangerous precedent to start. And one thing that this guy has going for him is he has substance behind him that he can say, Hey, look at what I've done. Jack Eichel is going to have to chase, chase that expectation. And whether you're able to live up to it, nobody knows. I like being in Jason Robertson's, position better and i think he has more he has more negotiating power because of it does it help him or hurt him that the two highest players on the team in uh taylor Sagan and uh jamie ben that they've tyler say that they've grossly underachieved in their contracts does that hurt him I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps anybody when they underachieve. And like I said, you can't tell me. A, a, I, I don't. I don't know one contract that has been over eight years at, you know, what is it, eight digit numbers that have held up to that standard. Maybe Patrick Kane at ten point five because I I still think he's a ten point five player. Yeah. And well, he, he had ninety two points lived, last year, right? Yeah. He's he, he's lived up. He's lived up to that billing. But he's 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 an anomaly. He's he's unique in that aspect. I mean, who else is putting up that? Maybe Stamkos, but Stamkos took a he took a discount to stay in Tampa. Yeah. So you know, I mean, the contract it's, it's, is a steal for what Steve Stamkos does in the last couple of years. He's 100%. but he's also been he's also been on a team that has uh, allowed him to not have to be the focal point of the offense like many other teams, right? I mean, Stamkos is still a pretty young guy. It's, it, it feels like he's been in the league for an ungodly amount of years. Last year, do you do you even know when we're talking about Stamkos, he makes $8.5 million. Do you even know the point totals that he put up last year? Can you guys hazard a guess in 81 games? Who? Stamkos? Stamkos. Well, I know he was up near the 90s. He, did he, he might not have cracked 100, but was he like 99? Give me a guess for goals and points. So I think he scored 43, 42 goals, and he had 96 points. 
Petey. Uh, JR doesn't have a computer in front of him. And he just threw the I don't, I don't, I don't, head. I don't. So I'm going to roll. So I would have not have guessed this. I would have not have guessed this. He had 42 goals, 106 points. Wow. He's making eight and a half million. There's guys right now that are making eight and a half million that, I mean, are nowhere near what Stamkos provided this year. That's crazy. You nailed this not his goals. I I uh I I forgot that he broke a hundred. I knew he was right there because I feel like the last time I ever looked at the standings, he was at like ninety nine. And I was like thinking, oh, his damn close is near a hundred. It's crazy. No, it's oh man. Crazy. But um, you know what? It's I like I like to see these young kids that put up big numbers, you know, that you know are are you can tell they play the game the right way. Robertson plays the game the right way, you know. Kale McCarr plays the game the right way. That's that's uh, Seagal and in, in Seidel in, in Detroit. The kid plays the game the right way, right? Plays it with guts, and these these guys are gonna they're gonna make some fucking bank, man. Especially with the way the, the league's throwing money around these days. Last question I'll ask you before we go: Which star in the league, off the top of your head, has the most pressure on him to perform? It's always gonna be Connor McDavid, to me. I had someone else in mind. I think, I don't know if Craig knows where I'm going with this because we kind of touched on this before, but Riv, what about you? I, I would agree with Jr. with Connor McDavid. He's the easy one because he's the face of the league. Okay. He has not won a Stanley cup. If I were to say there's another guy it's going to be Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is in a situation where you cannot just continue to be a great goal scorer. You, all the greatest players in the game have won Stanley Cups. That's just the way it is. And and the pressure of Connor McDavid to win a Stanley Cup, and the and the and the pressure to Austin Matthews to win a Stanley Cup. Is extreme. How money, and how much money? How much? How much money? How much money is um is uh the kid making below him? Who's that, Marner? He, yeah, ten four. He's making. 10, he's five. making eleven million. He's yeah, he's 10. making ten point nine something. And I don't. And I don't see. You think, you think that? You think that kid has a little pressure with that salary? Well, he has about city. as much pressure as Leon Dreisaitl. Which is a lot less than Connor McDavid and a lot less than Austin Matthews because they are the faces of the league. Well, I wasn't thinking of any of those guys. I was thinking about an American born kid named Jack Eichel out in Las Vegas who has every bit of talent to be as good as the guys that we're talking about, but has had the injury last year with the neck. He got traded. And it sounds like he is in amazing shape out there in Vegas and tore up the preseason, tore up training camp, and it looks like this guy's a man on a mission. Well, the one thing he has going for him is he's playing in a market that's not going to get him the attention that Austin Matthews and, and Connor McDavid are going to get. So he's got a little bit of a hide shelter, if, if, if that's what you need. Um, JR, you, you remember playing in Arizona. You remember going to San Jose. Mm-hmm. Hell of a lot yep. different than playing in a big yep. market. Yep. I'm going to tell I you, playing face, in Edmonton. I knew my face wasn't going. I knew my face wasn't going to be in the front page that says Dumbo. That's right. 
over over underachiever. You know, people don't know care and, and people don't care about Jack Eichel in Vegas. No. Okay, they don't care about Jack Eichel in Vegas. They they do when they go watch the games, but then when they, everybody leaves the rink, they're not going to go. I'm to talking Jack Eichel about in a Starbucks. I'm talking about the 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 papers that are being read. Are you are you sitting there in Vegas picking up a paper and reading a paper? Yes, people still read papers. Mm-hmm. And 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 read the articles on Jack Eichel. People don't care. But in Toronto in Edmonton you pick up a paper, it's like the Bible. I mean, yeah. it, it the the amount of exposure for those two players. Well, there are players out there that probably feel more internal pressure on themselves in the franchise than they do from the outside. Yeah, that, that, but that, that that wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. Oh, oh well, well, excuse me for hey, you JR's on right now. Actually. JR, JR is at so on three right months now. off and pissed. <laughs> that wasn't hey, the listen, question. Listen. Listen, we'll, we'll, we will do what they don't do in Washington, and that's answer the question. The question. <laughs> uh, we will end I knew we couldn't go a show, uh, one show without some <laughs> political views from JR. I love it. There were no political views. It was just a, a point. It's a fact. It's fact. JR, you're the man. We look forward to next week and the season starting. We'll have, uh, we'll have a couple games in the belt or in the belt, in the bag, and then. Uh, We'll do some uh, predictions and everything for our cup next week. Um, one day in November, we got to do an. Uh, we have to do an in-person, on-site in Buffalo show. It has to happen. So we got to plan that. It has to happen this year. Hundred percent. Got to happen. Brought December's to you by up. Whiskey in the Wild, too. By the way, that's what I'm talking about. Bringing the best spirit that you've ever had. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.